going on there, youth workers? Paul Turner here from thediscipleproject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? How are you feeling? Feeling good? I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope you're doing well. If you can believe it, I made it through the entire month of October without drinking anything pumpkin. No pumpkin coffee, no pumpkin spice. I know, right? It's You're, you're now condemning me. I, I can feel it. I feel the judgment coming right through the microphone and the headphones here. But don't judge me too harshly. I still enjoy a good pumpkin pie, which will be coming up shortly, I hope, uh, for Thanksgiving. And I'm looking forward to that. I hope that you are as well. And uh, uh, there's a lot to get through today, guys. And so I want to jump into the motion metrics today. And the motion metrics is where I simply share who's been listening to the podcast. And I share this with you because, uh, you know, we can get so cloistered in our little world, uh, in our little town, in our little church, we forget that good youth ministry is happening all over the world. And so today I want to give some shout outs to the Dubstep King for listening today. He's our top listener. Also want to shout out Columbus, Mississippi. I think it is anyway, Columbus, Mississippi, uh, Pontotoc, Mississippi, and Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, on the, uh, the national or the worldwide scale, I should say, is the U.S., Nigeria, and the U.K. I'm also going to throw in Glasgow and uh, Houston. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening all over the world, all over the country. And uh, I appreciate your time and your attention. If you're new to the podcast here, welcome in. Thank you for being here. Appreciate your time and attention as well. Hope that you enjoy the show. And if you're a regular listener, thank you again for being here. I would encourage you, uh, if you're a regular listener, if you have not gone over and left a review yet of the podcast, would you please go over there and do that? It would mean a lot to me, and uh, it'll help this podcast be found uh, in various spots. Uh, So wherever you're at and wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and leave a review and let me know what you think about the show. If it's a five-star review, I'm going to read it right here on the air give you a little shout out. So I want to thank you uh, for doing that in advance. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when you're disappointed with your youth group. I know none of you have ever felt that. (laughs) I know none of you have ever been disappointed with your youth group. You've never been mad at your youth group. You've never never, uh, had ill will towards them at all. But for those who have, you know, that one of you of the thousands that listen to this podcast, uh, this is for you because I feel like it's a necessary thing we need to talk about because it happens. But before we get into that, I want to offer you two free resources. That's right. Two free resources. The first one is in regards to tacos. Do you like tacos? Do you like prayer? What happens when you push them together? Well, awesomeness happens. And I actually found this. Uh, it was just a youth pastor uh, who posted a you know a little sheet that he had in his hand. And I was reading it going, wow, that's kind of cool. And I don't know if it's an original. I don't know if it comes from somewhere else. But I took it and said, well, I'm going to add some slides to it. And I'm going to put a prayer station with it uh, where it becomes a two-week type of lesson. And really, come on. I mean, it's just a reason to have tacos. But I think you'll enjoy the lesson because it breaks down. If you remember the old uh, prayer guide, if you will, uh, Acts, which was adoration, thanksgiving, confession, and supplication. This takes tacos and does pretty much the same thing. And the whole point of it is to deepen 
the prayer time of students. And that is the, the teaching lesson. And then there's the practical side. That's where I came up with the prayer stations uh, that you can do in your youth room with your students to practice the very thing uh, that you taught the week before. Because I think that's important is to practice or to give students opportunity to practice the things that we teach. Now, the second resource that I have for you, uh, Lecrae, if you're familiar with Lecrae, hip-hop artist, uh, put out a new mixtape, which is Church Close 4. And uh, I was just, I love Lecrae. I've been listening to him for a very long time, uh, pretty almost from the beginning, I think. And, uh, and this particular song was just, it's the title track. It's CC4, Church Close 4. And I did a little lesson around that because I just was inspired by it. And so if you are interested in a free uh, lesson that uses music, uh, to introduce spiritual concepts to your students. They can listen to it. I have the slides with it. Uh, I have a great game with it, all that kind of good stuff. And if you're interested in that, uh, I'm going to put some links down in the show notes. And all you have to do is sign up for my newsletter and you can choose between either one. If one of those interests you, then I'm going to put separate links there so you can get those resources and other links where if you say, I'm already signed up for the thing, Paul, I'm already signed up for the newsletter. Well, then I'll put a link where you can just get it without signing up for the newsletter. But why would you not want to sign up for the newsletter? I send out twice a month. I give you videos. I give you articles. I give you the Instagram pick of the week, the tweet of the week, all kinds of good things. And it's ever evolving. Uh, and so I'm always putting new things in there and uh, you'll be updated when I put out new resources and you just get them in your inbox when I put it out there into the world. All right. And that is my plug for the week. Let's go ahead and jump into today's content, which is dealing with our disappointments without destroying others. And I thought the other day, how honest should I be with my students? <laughs> how honest should I be? Have you ever had that thought? How honest should I be? And I asked myself this question, uh, debating whether I should share my disappointment with them concerning their lack of motivation in bringing guests to our youth meeting. Once again, you guys are way above this. I know that you're not so petty that you don't, I know this. I just, it's me. It's me. It's clearly it's me. And my concern in thinking of this through is that my words would deflate them and make me look weak like the Tennessee professor who eviscerated a student by screaming at them, just screaming at them. He just, he, he just yelled at us, out, get out. You have failed this course. Whatever your name is, out, 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 out. And that's pretty dramatic, but that's pretty much how it was. And it was, it was far worse than that. And I'll put a link uh, to that video if you really want to see that, because sometimes I think that can be us. And afterwards, the professor said, I deeply regret what happened in class. I lost my temper and did something I should never have done. He told the station, I have been under pressure lately and I've been frustrated with students who pay attention to their cell phones and laptops, then wonder how they get low grades. But that does not excuse my behavior. I apologized to the students and offered my resignation. I am now retired as I had planned anyway. Please respect my privacy. It is now over. And that's from Yahoo News. And in that statement that this professor made, I believe are three keys to keep us from destroying others as he did in that classroom that day. Because I know there's, listen, we all get frustrated. We're all frustrated because students aren't doing whatever they're supposed to be doing, whatever we want them to do, or whatever we think God should have them to do. And I just think there are three 
keys there that are revealed in that quote there from the professor. And I think it's something we have to process through to be able to deal with our disappointments that uh, that we do have. The first one is, I have been under a lot of pressure lately. You see, whether it's personal or outside pressure to perform, uh, this type of pressure builds up your insecurity and your fears, making you react like, <laughs> like a cornered, wounded animal. You take everything personally, even a student being on their phone. I mean, think that through. I mean, this is this is classic. This is I see this on mess on Facebook and and other places where how do I get kids off their cell phone? And and this just you know we take it personally. We think they're not listening and they're not they don't care and and some of that's true. Uh, but I I think my you know my opinion comes into where listen if we don't want kids on their cell phones we should say something interesting. Uh, it's up it's upon us the communicator to cause a student to look up from their phone or to find a way to integrate that device that they have into our, uh, into our message or to where it becomes a tool uh, rather than just an entertainment device. But this, this teacher was under a lot of pressure lately. And that pressure could be for us or for you, could be numbers, uh, could be just your boss, you know, breathing down your neck. Uh, could be pressure from parents, could be, I mean, it could be any number of things. But that's the first quote there. I've been under a lot of pressure lately uh, that can cause us to, to, it just amplifies our disappointment. The second quote he says is, I have been frustrated with students paying more attention to their tech than me. Now listen, when the people you have been called to lead do not respond the way you think they should, you do take it personally. You begin to wonder why you even chose to do what you do when you are hurt you are vulnerable to hurting others. This gentleman, the teacher here, you can tell he was older. He was probably, you know, uh, moving towards retirement. He had spent his whole life doing this and just reached a breaking point where he he could not adapt. He couldn't, he, he could not find a way through it and instead took this pressure and this frustration and just took it, took it out on his students. Now, the third quote is, I am mad that these same students wonder why they're failing. Now listen, whether you're a teacher, a pastor, or manager, you invest yourself into others in the hopes that the people you are teaching, training, are picking up what you're laying down. And when they don't adapt or achieve and then blame others or blame you specifically as the reason why they're not further along in life, well, you can become numb and just not care anymore. Because we're watching students, you know, live their lives. They're not paying attention to what we're saying. We're not, they're not listening to the word of God. They're not listening to the Holy Spirit. They're just going out and living their life and doing what they want to do. And we're, and when they complain to us, we become frustrated. Well, and we, and you know, we say things like, well, listen, I just preached on this last week or didn't, weren't you listening when I talked about this? And, you know, that's, kind of unhelpful, you know, because no, they don't remember. They don't remember what they did the other day, let alone a message we preached two weeks ago. And we have to, um, you know, be careful that um, that even though we, listen, I wish we could all have a talk with Moses. I wish we could all have a talk with Jesus right now and just say, listen, these are people who led people who at times did not get it, at times were simply rebellious. And you know what? They made it through. 
you know, they made it through their their moments there. And I think there's there's you know lessons we can learn if we'll read the scriptures as leaders and begin to see what they dealt with and do a deep dive into those uh, passages where we say, okay, Jesus is dealing with the same thing that I'm dealing with right now. This is nothing new. Moses dealt with the very things that I'm dealing with right now. Nothing new. And that can uh, alleviate some of that disappointment because we're going through something that has been gone through before and will people will go through again. Now, reading about this incident uh, from this teacher made me think even harder about what uh, not only what I wanted to say to my students, but how. So I took these steps and I thought I'd pass them on to you because I had to reflect on this because if you know in our rawest form, if we were to say the things we really wanted to say, we would be immediately terminated. <laughs> we can't say those things. So you have to process, you have to let the Holy Spirit check you and and make your words matter. Make it something that is going to be redemptive. So here's the process I took before I even said a word here to my students. The first thing is I deconstructed my disappointment. Now, the question is, why was I disappointed? Well, to be honest, I, I was more disappointed in myself because I internalized and said things like, well, why can't I motivate my students? What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And it's easy to blame students, but blaming students is just a dead end. Leadership requires accountability. I'm not saying that the students aren't accountable, but accountability starts with me. And I felt powerless to change things, people, and powerlessness led to fear of what others would think of me. And this made me mad. I I don't like to be seen as somebody who is incompetent, especially as long as I've been doing this. And I started projecting my hurt Uh, over my performance onto others as if to say, you people are standing in the way of my grand scheme of things. This kind of pride can only lead to frustration and eventual toxic behavior. Getting to the root of why I was disappointed with my students and myself clarified the direction I should take with my students. Dealing with disappointment in ministry is a skill we must master because as long as we work with people, including ourselves, there will always be disappointments. Now, the second thing I had to do is I had to decompress my emotions. I had to work through them. I had to uh, take them from their heightened levels and bring them to a more manageable place. And I started to ask myself some important questions like, uh, what and who was I angry at? And was this justified? If I said the things that I was going to say with the emotions I started with, what would be the outcome? And I knew the answers right off the bat. No, I was not justified. These emotions were not helpful and it would have hurt others rather than help them. In fact, it's possible I could have lost more students and only escalated my problems. The first person I talked to about this was God. He knew how I felt. He didn't judge me. He just listened and loved me in all of my frustration. Like the psalmist, I just poured out my heart to him and emptied my emotional tank of the toxic emotions. Communicating my frustrations in a safe place released the heat and intensity of my emotions and prepared me to talk to my students about some hard truth with a clean slate. Now, the third thing that I did uh, that was important was I deployed empathy. I understand why the Tennessee teacher yelled at his students. He had worked his whole life teaching students and the world changed around him. 
technology made students more distracted and less interested in what he was saying, and he simply couldn't adapt. I don't approve of what he did, but I do empathize with the reasons that most likely led to that outburst. If he had thought about his students before his own hurt ego, he wouldn't be talking about his poor reaction to his students' apathy. Without excusing my students for decisions they make, let me offer a few insights that I meditated on that tempered my initial approach. And the first thing is my students are good students. They're growing up in a world they did not ask for and doing the best they can. Me, uh, the second thing is me pressuring them to perform will not make them perform better. They have enough pressure on them from multiple sources, school, coaches, bosses, parents, and I don't need to add any spiritual pressure to the list. Accountability, yes. Pressure, no. Uh, I also reflected on these students are young and not quite there yet in their spiritual formation to understand the practical or theological reasons I challenged them to bring guests to our youth group. And the last thing I thought on was that I have only been with them 11 months. We're still in a trust phase. Now, there's more reasons, not excuses, I could put on this list, uh, but being empathetic uh, towards my students de-escalated my intensity. And in the end, I had a good discussion with our students. No feelings were hurt that I know of, and I did my best to build them up. My talk wasn't perfect, but it was better than the alternative. Honesty comes out whether we want it to or not. Sarcasm, anger, degrading comments disguised as spiritual truth, or, hey, I'm just being honest here. Uh, that's just not going to, it's not going to work. It's just not going to happen uh, because our on, we're not really being honest because we were not first honest with ourselves. So listen, if you do not deconstruct your disappointments, decompress your emotions, and deploy empathy, well, you might just be a Tennessee teacher waiting to happen. And that's it for today, guys. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're interested, I do have some more articles on the subject, so I'm going to leave a link to the blog post where I do have some other articles there that may be of interest to you. I hope this episode was of great value to you. And if it was, and you want to let me know, well, you can always send me an email to thedisciplesproject at gmail.com, or you can text me 205-260-7229 and let me know your thoughts. But that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, if nobody has told you lately that you're doing a good job, let me tell you, you're doing a good job. You're just going to get better. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.